Hey, welcome to Stirring Faith with Cherry Strange. Thank you for joining me today. Stirring Faith aims to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Now, let's get started. Hey there, I'm Cherry Strange, your host. I don't know about your neck of the woods, but my corner of the universe has decided to move on past Corona. Yes, beginning tomorrow, masks are optional. Businesses are all going to be operating at 100% capacity. And people are already grasping at their freedoms, filling parking lots, parks, shopping centers, and even events. (laughs) But some places are leaving their mask requirements in place. And they're not going to go quite back to normal. They're going to leave everything uh, the status quo. There are those who believe it's too early to skirt past the pandemic as if it's a thing of the past. There is really no better time than today for looking intently at one particular truth Jesus taught because of the tension that exists between individuals. Two weeks ago, we focused on the first verses in the situation that I'm about to bring to you. Jesus is being questioned by different religious groups of the day, and at some point, a lawyer steps up and he wants to know how to inherit eternal life. And so Jesus says, well, lawyer, you know the law. How do you read it? And the lawyer goes to Deuteronomy. He begins to quote, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, Yes, exactly. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer wants to justify himself. That's what the Bible tells us. I mean, who exactly are we talking about when we're talking about loving our neighbor? He wants to know exactly who he's responsible for to be nice to because I'm thinking he knows there's some difficult people out there and he wants to know exactly who he has to be neighborly toward. And that's when Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And you know the story. Man's traveling on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he's overtaken by bad guys who rob him and leave him for dead on the road. He needs 911. He needs immediate help. There's not going to be any. He's just got to wait for someone to stop by and have mercy on him and help him. The first person to show up, he's in luck because this guy is a priest. What better person would know how to act than a man of God? But this guy sees him and sort of jumps back with, oh, that's really bad. I think I better walk on the other side of the road and keep on going. (laughs) This is not good. I don't want to get involved. It might interrupt his day. He has no time for that, so he keeps on going. But no problem, because here comes a Levite, the next best thing to a priest. Literally, it's a second chance to be helped. But this guy does exactly the same thing. He did not help him, nor did he send anyone to help him. And here comes a Samaritan. Now, this is not going to work. I'm sure that's what the Because Jews and Samaritans, they don't get along. And there's no way a Samaritan is going to help a Jew. When the priest and the Levite walked by, that's where the story twists. That's the point of the story. The Samaritan stops and he helps. He is interrupted. He is put out. And he allows the inconvenience to get the man to safety and saves his life at his own expense. If the tables were turned, the Jew might not help him if he were the one spread out on the road left for dead there's not going to be any insurance for this and he's not going to get anything back for his money or his time or his energy this is the picture that jesus paints of how to neighbor well Well, in light of our current situation i can't think of a better time to be reminded of our calling to kingdom life 
to live out the truth in this manner that Jesus taught. What does it look like today to love your neighbor? We all need to know we're going to find ourselves on the other side of the road or on the couch or with our headphones on plastered to our ears ignoring those around us in need unless we pay attention to how we are to neighbor well. In our brief time together, I want to offer 15 easy ideas for loving your neighbor that we can begin experiencing today. Now these, you're going to need to take some action on. You can't just keep walking on by as if nothing's going on because we do have some responsibility here to love our neighbors well. The first one, I'm going to encourage you to do these things as I'm encouraging myself. Number one, coffee on the corner. This is pretty easy. Find someone that you can have coffee with that's in your neighborhood that you need to check on or that you need to build a relationship with. Okay, this is not your best friend. I have some people like that in my neighborhood that are easy to contact that I would not mind having coffee with. That's probably not the spirit of what we're trying to do here. So think about somebody who might need it and ask them to come to the corner. You can provide the coffee or they can bring their own and y'all can just stand or have a couple of lawn chairs and just talk. It can take 15 minutes, whatever. You can, you can put a time limit on it and that's loving your neighbor. Number two is to intentionally shop local. Hopefully you were able to do this some before, but now it's especially relevant to shop in your local areas when possible. If you can find it and afford it locally, buy it here. Your neighbor might be one of those making your neighborhood possible. Is it the easiest thing to do? No, because the Amazon truck is going to stop by twice a day, just about. If there's a local grocery store that you can find it at, or if there's a local anything, we want to make the effort to shop there when we can, because that is loving our neighbor. A lot of the people that we live around are employed by those places, and we want to support the environment, and that's loving our neighbor. Number three, keep meeting in your small group. I'm assuming that you're connected. If you're not connected, let me highly encourage you to get connected in a small group somehow, some way, in a Bible-believing small group. But if you are like me, I was already in one. We were leading one. Over the pandemic, when we had to shelter in place and things, all we could do was Zoom. So we did that. A few people showed up on the screen. Not everybody likes Zoom. Some people we couldn't meet with, but the ones that we could meet with, we did. And the other ones we called and we kept in contact with until we could begin meeting in person again. Currently, we're meeting at a park because we can social distance there when the weather's permitting. I want to encourage you to keep meeting with your small group, whatever you need to do to do that until you can get to where you can be in the same environment. Um, because that is indeed loving your neighbor. I, I'm so thankful for my small group because that's the people that you do life with. They know some of your dirt at least and they know what you're struggling with and what you have going on and that's where you don't want to stop meeting you want to encourage other people to continue to do that you want to make sure that connection continues number four is to use your phone as a phone i need this one i really do i've only done this well with my parents and really nobody else the research bears out how deeply we need this connection point as never before so in terms of loving your neighbor this is going to look like picking two or three people you know who might be struggling in the situation that we are in who might be alone or live alone or spend a considerable time by themselves to take 15 minutes and call them on a regular basis just to check on them 
and find out how they're doing. You might find that they don't really need that, but it would be worth making the effort to let them know, hey, I see you, I know you, I notice you, God has not forgotten you. How are you doing? Is there anything we can do for you or, or whatever? But it lets them know they are important and they're seen. God uses that. Number five, engage with non-engagers. This one's a little more difficult. I don't know about you, but not all of my neighbors want me to love them with treats or visits or calls. <laughs> they just don't. I've got some that are sort of hostile. Pretty sure one of them doesn't even know I exist. In fact, my engagement might irritate them. They may even rudely shut me down and have before. But engage, I must. Figuring out what to do with this group of non-engagers is really tricky. So I started with food, uh, desserts or handwritten notes of encouragement, not too many. Every chance I get when I want to walk in the other direction, when I see them coming, I'm trying to stay the course and be engaged speak to them and continue to invite them to what I can invite them to. Keep trying to open up that relationship in ways that we can. Engaging with non-engagers when we're tempted to turn the other way, we don't do that. We want to engage with them. Try to find ways that you can do that, but you must engage. Number six is to shop for seniors. My mother and father-in-law have the best neighbors they did not need to be getting out and they didn't have to hardly ever because their neighbors checked on them to see what they needed and have been shopping for them for months my cousins will often stop by my parents house to bring them a treat or to see what they need this is exactly the right thing to do this is absolutely loving your neighbor if you have seniors in your midst or other people at risk who still can't get out much Go ask them if you can run errands for them or do any shopping for them. They actually might be more fearful now than they were six months ago. You'll just have to see about that. But that would be loving your neighbor to make the offer. It's going to be an inconvenience. It absolutely is. But it is loving your neighbor to see if you can do that. Number seven is to send a meal. You can also send a meal or like a pizza, something easy to someone you know who's trying to balance it all. They've got kids at home or going back and forth to school and sometimes they get put in quarantine and everybody has to be at home and that's just a lot of stress not knowing if one or both of the jobs of the parents or maybe there's just one parent in the home it's just a lot and it builds on top of each other and I think a pizza is a small thing but sometimes it is exactly the thing that communicates that they're seen and they're not forgotten, they're cared about, and it's loving. It's loving to do that. Uh, send a meal. Do something like that. Number eight is that you can tithe your hoardings. You know who you are. You're the ones who are able to get all that stuff that nobody else could get. You had all your toilet paper and your wipes and your water bottles, all that kind of stuff. You had plenty of it. Now, if you were fortunate enough to collect all that stuff, cleaning supplies, then you might consider donating a portion of that to the entities or individuals who are still in need. I mean, not everybody you're around is able to buy in bulk. They just can sometimes get what they barely need for the moment. And the key is to maybe look beyond your neighborhood and beyond your own closet and to see what your neighbor in need might need and be willing to give it. That is number eight. Number nine is to check out this app called Nextdoor. I just have recently become familiar with it. It's an app to help you connect to your local community. It's like 
local news and a hub where you can meet and exchange ideas um, and the needs in your area, like selling a couch, something like that. The app is touted as providing an atmosphere for communities to come together and greet newcomers, exchange recommendations, get the latest news for the neighborhood. It's where you can support your local businesses and get public updates and borrow tools from one another and sell something from your living room if you are done with it. And it's verified. You have to be a verified member of that community. You have to live in that neighborhood before you're accepted. So that technology might be a great tool to help you neighbor better. Number 10, be light on the sidewalk. If it's allowed, get some sidewalk chalk and some positive vibe. Go out after dark and write a message to your neighbors to find in the morning. Write it on the sidewalk in the dark. And do this to encourage them and to just to make their day. This is kind of like sticky notes that you leave in public places that you just never know what kind of encouraging message that will be for someone else or how they're really feeling that day, particularly now Every believer in Christ has the opportunity to be light in your darkened world, especially if you know there's someone in your neighborhood who is prone to discouragement and really could use some encouragement, or you you know that they don't know Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Be light on the sidewalk when you can. If you don't know what to write, go to Pinterest. Ask a 15-year-old to help you. Take the opportunity to use what you've been given. Number 11, dinner on the driveway. This is kind of like coffee on the corner, but this time you're going to do dinner. It's kind of like you're picnicking on your driveway, the whole neighborhood or your street or whatever you want to do. Invite people to bring their dinner or whatever outside on the driveway. And this way, everyone's still separate, separate as they want to be, but it's, it's bringing people together, doing something different, doing something fun and giving you the opportunity to connect to hear what's going on with them in a safe, open environment. So dinner on the driveway. Number 12 is to respond to needs. This is very much like what we heard in the retelling of the story of the Great Samaritan. Now more than ever, Christians might be the only ones willing to stop and take time to tend to a hurting person or to pay for the needs. Um, If you're made aware of needs, do not ignore them. We've got to respond. We cannot walk to the other side of the road because it's inconvenient to stop and help. I know it's tempting to do that. I'm super busy. What we want to do is ask God how we can help if it's not obvious. But if it's obvious, we want to do that. Then see who else we can get that can help them deal with the other issues, if there are any. But we cannot ignore what we see. So respond to the needs that you're aware of. Number 13 is praise on the porch. Are you musical? Do you have people in your family that are musical? Do you have neighbors who are not able to get out much? Take your talents and your abilities to the porch. Do a little evening concert. It doesn't even need to be anything formal. At this point, many are ready for something different. If you're just going to piddle on the porch with whatever you've got, doesn't even have to be a harmony necessarily. In fact, it might be your best time to debut your talents. Get a few things together, go outside, pick one of your free nights and play. It'll be fun. You'll enjoy it. Number 14 is to boost your servers. Now this has nothing to do with your computer system. Our one broad industry that has been hard hit by Corona 
has been the service industry. All of us are touched to some degree by this. Many had to close their shops or stop going to work for weeks, even months, without an income. They did not get paid at all because their service industry. That lost income cannot be recovered. But one thing that we can do to help is to gift them a boost. If you have the money extra, if you want to send them something electronically through a gift card or Venmo or PayPal, something completely legal and good, you can be creative to boost those in your circle who serve you. That would be loving your neighbor for sure. You can even tell them why you're doing it. You know, we appreciate you. I know this has been a difficult season and we are just here to support you and love you. Something like that you can do. Now the final one is to gift encouragement. You can offer encouragement in a lot of different ways, but this one is particularly through a small gift. It's one idea I saw on Pinterest or on the internet somewhere. It was a roll of toilet paper. It's wrapped, you know, with the paper on the outside so you can touch the whole thing and it's sanitary. And inside the toilet paper roll is a few flowers, like the toilet paper roll is serving as a vase. And then around that toilet paper roll is a little ribbon with a card attached to it. It's so cute and inexpensive. It's just enough to say, I'm thinking about you. No one else is probably going to gift them that. How can I pray for you? I'm happy to help in any way or offer any kind of encouragement that you think they might need. It's amazing how a small gift can impact a relationship that it really can. Here, Pinterest is your best friend. But you don't have to overcomplicate it. If you don't want to do anything like that, just write a card. It can be something like that or store-bought cookies in a Ziploc baggie. The idea is to communicate. You care. You see them. You're here. And to be light. These 15 ideas that I've presented to you today, they're not original. It's just for you to try something to be light in your neighborhood. It's painless It's ways to focus the actual words of Jesus, to love your neighbor as yourself, not to walk on the other side of the road, which we're so tempted to do, to go inside our houses, close the door, and take care of mine and ours. Instead, we want to look outwardly. We want to be looking around to see who might need whatever we could give. So, here's 15 simple, easy ways to love your neighbor. So I'm encouraging you to just pray about it and ask God to open your eyes to how you might do that in the coming days. Now, to provide you with an opportunity to go beyond this session, because this is a series, Truths Jesus Taught, and to do this study, there were a lot of verses that I did not have time to cover. Remember, we're offering some free resources for you so that you can go deeper than what we're going and do it on an individual basis. You can have scripture and you can write scripture. All the resources are there. You can get it from the link that's in the show notes or you can go to the website at sheyearns.com and there's going to be a bar at the very top of the page that says get the reading plan now and just click on that bar. You can get that. Next week, we will continue with another truth Jesus taught and until then, know This is my pleasure and joy to be with you. Thank you for listening. I look forward to being with you next week on the Stirring Faith Podcast. 
Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Stirring Faith Podcast. We plan to release a new episode once a week, and I would invite you to become a subscriber because it makes it so much easier. Please remember to rate, review, and share the podcast. You may never know the difference that you can make by just making a recommendation and sharing a resource. So please pass along what you find here. Don't keep it to yourself. It's so easy to do. Post it from Spotify into your stories. I would personally be grateful. And remember, there is more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful resources at your fingertips. Just go to www.sheyearns.com where you're going to find more reading plans, videos, articles, and other resources, more than there's ever been before, to help stir more desire for God into your everyday life. I'm Cherry Strange, and it is always a pleasure to meet you here.